And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody, welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 304, and we're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris, welcome along to the show. And uh, we did have a little bit of a week off last week, as you guys know, because it was painting week, yay, painting week, painting week. Yes, they painted the studio, they painted my apartment, everything is painted and you know what that means. Next comes the furniture. So <laughs> finally have some furniture here in the house. Um, I mean, I have some furniture, but now I'm going to have much more furniture, as you uh, may well imagine. So now that everything is painted and now I get the, all the bookshelves set up and there's just uh, all kinds of stuff that is going on. Um, yeah. So hopefully it won't be too disruptive, but, you know, hey, you never know around here because that's kind of the way things go. All right, so uh, we are delving into a, an area where we haven't been for a while. And actually, I had to go back and look to see how long it had been. It has been over two years. And I find that just incredible. It was actually before the hiatus uh, that we have last delved into Walt Simonson's Ragnarok. That's too long of a gap, two years, <laughs> you know, but, but time flies on the show and, you know, we're doing, you know, roughly what, 50 shows a year and uh, it just, it's amazing just how time flies and you just, you just haven't gotten back to it. So we're going to remedy that and uh, starting this week, we are going to cover the next volume of Ragnarok and starting this week with issue number seven and we'll be doing that right after the music. And as we have previously said, we are going to be covering Ragnarok, issue number seven. This was written and drawn by Walter Simonson. Laura Martin was the colorist. John Workman was the letterer. The editor was Scott Dunbeer. And Chris Mowry did the production on this. Our story so far, Ragnarok, the great battle between the gods and their enemies has occurred, and the gods are dead. However, their foes have survived and now rule a great land of perpetual dusk. Thor Odinson, the Norse god of thunder, awakens to find himself chained within a stone chamber in a massive fortress at the edge of the world. He frees himself and makes his way back to the ruins of Asgard, where he finds the bodies of his wife and children, along with the rest of the Aesir who were killed when Asgard was destroyed. And in the fury of his lightning, he swears to destroy all those who slew the gods. Unbeknownst to him, a black elf assassin and his daughter have followed him to Asgard and are hiding in secret, awaiting the chance to kill him. So that's a good little recap of what we had uh, before. Uh, and we start open um, 
we start this this issue opening up this little story here about Cert. And we're going back, of course, to the original Asgard uh, and the original Ragnarok. And we have a quote here. But the southern part of Genunga Gap was lighted by the sparks and flares that flew up from Muspelheim. From thence came the sons of Muspel, the offspring of Surt and the burning abyss, to fire the world. From the lay of Ragnarok, it says, Jormungand wanted the ruins of Asgard left standing as a testament to our victory over the gods on the battle plain of Vigrid. I now think that that was a mistake. Summon a legion of fire starters. They are to journey to Asgard and burn everything, even the stones. Leave nothing standing, and if any living thing is found there, destroy it utterly. Go. And this was actually Surt speaking, his orders, and we see all of his fire demons flying through the air, and there are many, many, many of them, and they look like they all are yelling because they all have their mouth open. And they all look different because, you know, hey, you know, a lot of variety there among the fire demons here. And we uh, shift scenes to the ruins of Asgard, and we see that Thor is um, crashing down lightning. I guess he's burning the dead and, yeah, and all this. And uh, so we see lightning crashing down onto like a pyre. And we have a caption, of course, the ruins of Asgard. The lightning strikes are endless and the thunder deafening. A figure stands with absolute stillness before the great pyre. What's he doing, Papa? Burning his dead, honoring his wife and children, and the rest of the Aesir he found here. And just as soon as I have slain him, he too shall burn in his own endless fire. Says uh, Drifa, who's the uh, remember the little girl, and it looks like she's puking. It's some kind of gray, gray gunk coming out of her um, mouth and nose. Drifa, what's the matter? Darkness gathering around him. It hurts. Ugh. Papa, make it stop. And uh, we see Thor, I guess, turning towards them. Though I don't know if he actually sees them or not. So I, I don't think so. So it's uh, Thor. He's, he's walking away from the pyre. He's got his hammer in hand. And he's saying, uh, There's no more to be done here. Come, Yonir. We have work to do. And we see that um, Asgard is basically just completely flat. And you know, there's a, a tree in the distance. But, but basically, it's, a, it's like a big prairie that's just black and ash. And the Thor says, Even the meadows of my youth are burned and blackened beyond recognition, green only in memory. But he sees the tree and he walks over towards it, and there's a little patch of, of green underneath the tree. And while Thor's standing there, he finds a bunch of, of chess pieces laying on the ground. These look a lot like the chess pieces that were found in Maze Ho in the Orkney Islands. Uh, just just saying, I think that uh, Mr. Simonson found some... Uh, inspiration here for the chess pieces and uh, Thor picks one up and it's actually his Odin uh, the, the king the white king I guess the game pieces of the gods untarnished father and there's a, a little bit of a breeze as he mentions his father and a little bit of um, I guess sun coming up over the uh, the, the scorched fields and um, 
the, we cut back to uh, to the elf and and uh, his daughter, and it seems that Thor has taken off somewhere. He's going through one of these Stargate things, and he's going off somewhere. We don't know. He's running. If he escapes before I can reach him, he's not trying to, Papa. He's and there's a kathak thak thak scree crack, and. Um, yeah, Thor is uh, through this the Stargate thing, and he is standing at the top of a uh, a big spire, and there's a throne at the top. So yes, this looks very familiar if you're interested in the mythology. And uh, so Thor says the obvious out loud: "I am in luck. Hlidskjalf has survived." And he sees um, you know the big. Uh, from from the spire, you can see all over where Asgard used to be, all the ruins, and in sort of in the sea, he's got like like this ocean of like glowing ocean over here. Uh, I guess the, what used to be the Rainbow Bridge, and uh, he's standing up on top where where Odin. And if you remember um, uh, back in the the last issue of uh, the, the series before we we knocked off. He actually found Odin's eyes and put them in his head, so he's actually seeing with Odin's eyes. And um, he's sitting on the throne. He says, um, Odin's high seat is damaged but unbroken. With my father's own eye, I shall see all that I need to see across the Dusklands. And he's looking around, and um, he sees the elf and his daughter, and he's like, movement here in Asgard, a black elf and... He's gone, says the uh, dark elf. No, I can still feel darkness, says Drifa. And Thor is thinking to himself, Surely this is the young elf I am promised to protect. And far beyond the horizon, a black fortress I've never seen before. It reeks of decay and death. It can only be the hold of the Lord of the Dead, well-guarded, teeming with slaves and soldiers. And beneath the ruins of my own hall, a buried door... There was no chamber under my... And he, he sees what's below it using Odin's eye. A hidden cellar of almost infinite capacity filled with... You sly fox. Dried apples. Lady Edun's gift to the immortality to the gods. Oh, Father Odin, did you know that I alone among the gods would survive beyond the final battle? that I would not fight at your side to die with my father and brothers? Could you not have told me? He shouts. And we cut to um, the, the elves again, and, and he's saying, uh, I think Riga's name is Regan, I'm pretty sure. You're right, Lightning. Thor is still here, somewhere above in that great ruined structure. He disappeared within this framework. And there's zombies crawling up from under the ground, uh, dead Asgardians, I'm assuming, and they're coming after the elves, and he's like, hide yourself, Drifa. When he reappears, I'll... And uh, <laughs> she's like, pop, pop. And he's like, Drogar! And the, the uh, zombies are saying, the Lord of the Dead likes little girls. He wants this one. We take. You fight Thor. And die. And uh, the, uh, the elf goes hacking up all the zombies. You know, we see their, their hands and heads are all flying off. <laughs> They're going, ha, <laughs> And he's, he's, he's literally just kind of slicing them to bits and cutting them to the smallest pieces possible. The two elves are standing there, and Reagan says, 
The pieces may still be able to move, but they won't trouble us at this size. And then there is a, um, a cracked sound, and Thor appears behind them. So one of these Stargate things is behind them, and he confronts the two elves. And uh, Thor says, uh, You must be Brynja's husband. You're very quick. Well done. And you are her daughter, he says to the little girl. It hadn't occurred to me that the Draugar might be hiding among searchers' dead demons. Clever for Draugar. He says, a moment. And then he shouts out, Draugar! If any of you can hear my voice, know that this is my home. And if I find you, I will destroy you. If you value the lives you don't have, you will depart. Now. And we see a whole bunch of these uh, zombies like get up off the ground and they start running. And Thor uh, takes his hammer and he's whipping it at these guys. And uh, there's a skier rack and a baum and a baum, baum, baum. And we see these uh, Draugr being uh, pulverized into tiny, tiny little bits. Drifa looks at Thor, this kind of sad face, and she says, You said they could leave. No, says Thor. I said if I found them, I would destroy them. It's you. You were the vessel of darkness. My name is Thor Odinson, Drifa. You favor your mother. I am sorry for your loss, but she did try to kill me. She too was fast. I presume you are here for the same purpose. I am, says Drifa's father. And for the same reason. You hope that the Lord of the Dead's gift will protect your daughter in this dangerous world. I do, says Regan. I don't blame Brynja. I promise to look after her daughter. I don't suppose your promise to my wife would allow me to kill you unopposed. I'm afraid not, says Thor. I still have things to do in the Dusklands. As do I, says the elf. And he lifts his sword and... Thor lifts his hammer, and we switch scenes. So then we find ourselves in a very different part of the world, and we have a group of the Draugar, and they are um, coming into a cave, and in the cave there is a blue icicle-clad giant sort of person, your, your standard Jotun, I believe. And we get a little bit of a caption here. Elsewhere, very far away... Sound is everywhere. The air is vibrating. The walls of the cavern are trembling. Stall spicules of ice are breaking loose from the ceiling and drifting downwards, carpeting the floor. It is the sound of snoring. So we have the sleeping Jotun and the drow Draugar saying, Rangnar, awake! Rangnar! And he awakes with a snort and he says, I was asleep. Lazy Yotun, you always sleep. I'm always tired. Enough. The dead lord has need of you. Dwarves are building a new Dvergergate gate in the hills beyond his fortress. Kill them. Destroy the gate. All right, says the giant. Hungry. And he picks up the three uh, Draugr, and he dumps them all into his mouth as they go, ah! 
and he crunches them all up. And we get an epic ass shot as the uh, giant emerges from the cave and he's saying, Oh, tender, must thank Dead Lord next time I see him. And we shift back to Asgard where uh, Ring and Thor are fighting. And they're going back and forth, and Thor looks like he's easily deflecting the sword, but we get you know, the sound effects, the scring and ringed, and fwear and whoosh, and whir and rack, and thwith and skisk. And we have a couple of pages of this, uh, because, you know, decompressed storytelling. And uh, big, big, huge four-panel pages. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. And we uh, end up with Thor getting cut in his arm, and he goes, "Arg!" Thor says, uh, I am trying very hard not to kill you, elf. The same cannot be said for you. And he punches the uh, the elf in the face with a thrakit. Thrakit? Yeah, something like that. And knocks the elf back. Thor says, And now I recognize your weapon. You bear Tyrfing, a deadly and cursed blade. I was given this blade by the dead lord himself. He said it could kill a god. Was he right? The lord of the dead is the sword's owner, Angantyr? Yes, so? Foolish. Do you not know the blade's history? And Thor proceeds to tell us the blade's history. So we, we get a few panels here that are like in sepia tones, like he's telling a story. And um, we see uh, the, there's like illustrations of what of the next little bit of um, exposition here. Tearfing was forged by the dwarves under threat, and they cursed it that it might kill their enemy. It did. And we just have this uh, random-looking Viking guy taking the uh, sword from the elf. Afterwards, it came to Angantyr. He died wielding it in battle. The blade was buried with him, but the curse was not yet complete. His own daughter spell-summoned his corpse, and when it rose, she took the blade for herself, only to see her two sons slain by it. Now you carry it in your daughter's company. It is rumored that the curse was exhausted, but no curse worth its salt is ever completely expunged. Your wife told me that the dead lord blessed Drifa with immortality, but Angantyr has always dealt in curses and death, not resurrection and life, and never in blessings. Why do you think those Draugar were here? No, says the elf. They were waiting for her. He does like young girls. Perhaps I can prove it to you. Tearfing has been drawn and must have blood before it can be sheathed again. Strike your daughter and see if she survives. And <laughs> Drifa's like, ah! And her, her father's like, Drifa, what? It is here, Papa. The darkness is complete. And she's got the uh, gray gook dripping from her mouth again. And uh, she shouts, Do it, Thor! Just do it! And Thor takes Mjolnir and he hurls it at Drifa, smashes her in the face. Uh, there's no doubt that, uh, yeah, Drifa is dead. 
So Thor's just killed a little girl with Mjolnir. Uh, Mjolnir returns to his hand, and her father's like, Trifa! And Thor is standing there, uh, and he says, The child is dead. Such is the value of Angantyr's promise. And we see that, uh, yeah, the pool of uh, gray gook coming out of her mouth. Your wife died for nothing. You gave your word for nothing. And Ragnar's not happy. He takes the sword and he looks like he's going to uh, strike Thor with it. And just as he, he lifts it to strike Thor, there's a, a bunch of uh, sparks flying through the air or a little fire bolts or something like that and is lighting up the whole area. And it is the fire demons that we saw earlier that Surt sent to Asgard. So they're, they're just converging on Thor and, and Ragnar. Ragnar says, fire starters. Thousands of them. I see news of my presence here has already reached certain quarters. Fight beside me. Tyrfing will be sated, and maybe you can keep me alive long enough to kill me yourself. What? No. There are too many. What is your name, elf? Regan. Then harness your fury, Regan, and let us make such a fight as no living god or man has ever witnessed before. And we have a to be continued, and we get a full page here, the back of the issue, next issue, um, blurb, not really a blurb so much as a full page illustration showing Thor and uh, Regan, and they are fighting these uh, fire demons, and the, the sword is covered in blood, and, and it's a really nice um, picture here. And that is Ragnarok number seven. So we do have a few things to say about it, as we always do. But before we get to that, we will have a uh, yeah message here from one of our friends. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series, five years later, the reboot, the three-boot, the retro-boot, the animated series... We have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. Why do you always have to say it that way? Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? And we are back, and of course we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. First of all, loving the art. You know, this has been the high point of, of most of these issues here, has been uh, Walter Simonson's beautiful, beautiful artwork. The coloring is amazing. I, you know, I know I've, I've talked in the, in the past about comics that have a limited color palette. Mostly it works, and, I, and sometimes it doesn't really work at all. But, but uh, And usually when it doesn't work, it's because the... the in, the printing is inferior. When when Marvel and DC have typically tried it in the past, you know they, they haven't had this you know full color printing, and it's been um, really uh, interesting to see you know Simonson let loose here. And Simonson's style is has changed even since the beginning of this series, and we we have a definitely um, more stylization going on. Um, his sense of of layout and and composition is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this is something that's that's been true for Simonson's work throughout. But he's not afraid to get a little sketchy. He's not afraid to get uh, a little bit indistinct. 
And, you know, it is a very big difference from the stuff that he was doing on Thor. And obviously, he's inking himself here, so it's not really, uh, you know, he doesn't have another inker's uh, uh, hand in this. Um, but loving it, loving the story in general, it, it, starting to get, you know, interesting. We've, we've got, uh, you know, some unexpected plot going in. We've got Thor killing a little girl. Somehow, I think she'll be back. But uh, I could be completely wrong. Maybe she's dead now. I don't know. Um, but but they definitely played that for for shock value. We've got some um, moments here that I wanted to point out. And because Simonson, as much as anybody, takes his inspiration from many sources. And one of those sources apparently is Cerebus the Aardvark, the, the, the series by uh, Dave Sim. Because they've got some pages here We've got these uh, these pages of this conversation between Thor and Reagan before they begin fighting, and they're talking back and forth. And it good for for Simonson here. He didn't take the Dave Sim route of photostatting the faces of the characters and just pasting them, even though they don't move. They're pretty much exactly the same. He actually draws each of the faces individually, and you can tell because they're all different from each other. You know, obviously, you know, no two drawings are exactly alike, and and here he's he's not taking that lazy way out of using photostats. He's actually drawing each of these uh, pages and you know each of these panels individually. So uh, I do like the uh, the integrity of that, and um, you know the. Uh, Sound effects can be a little overwhelming in the book. There's there's a lot of them, and they take up a lot of room. But I think that is kind of what people expect from a Simonson comic. I mean, it certainly is what people would expect from Simonson Thor. So it's um, it's really interesting. And, of course, we have the same letterer that we had on Simonson's Thor working on this series as well. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, the Draugar are... You know, not your normal zombies. I mean, they're a little bit smarter, and they, you know, they actually have some agency in what they're doing. So they can, you know, they can plan things and they can carry out plans, and that's what's going on here. Uh, but it's interesting the uh, scene here where, um, where Reagan kind of just slashes all of these uh, uh, zombies into little bitty tiny pieces that they're just kind of wiggling on the ground. Um, is is very good. There's a few pages in here to really cry out, you know, this is Simonson. And one of those is actually on uh, the page where Thor is standing up on uh, Hoodskjalf and and he discovers the cellar and we've got this kind of this quintessential Simonson pose of Thor with his arms in the air and his uh, neck glowing uh, as he speaks. I, I wonder... I've been wondering about that. I mean, they, they basically they have uh, this kind of glow in Thor's mouth when he's speaking. So I guess that's what uh, you know is making the, the sounds from from his throat rather than actually having a throat and tongue, because apparently he doesn't, because it's it's all like dark. Um, it, it's weird because you know it seems like Thor's head is the only part of him that's actually decayed at all. So it's it's uh it's just kind of bizarre. Um, again, uh, color palette is, is can be very effective. Um, you know, everything is green when he's looking through Odin's eye, and he's he's looking around from down from Hlidskjalf, and 
and he's seeing things that are hidden and yeah it's just majorly cool really really enjoying the artwork on this and of course we are going to cover the next uh you know five issues of this and get get to the end of uh, the volume two of the trade uh so that's uh yeah that's our plan for the next few weeks all right so uh that's about it for this week folks Once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And you can also join us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. With that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge through the uh, weird Stargate dwarf things. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.